And now, a word about our sponsor. The Kinky Boys podcast is brought to you by How to Kill a Superhero, the BDSM book series by author Pablo Green. If you ever fantasised about a juicy muscle beast encased in lycra, bound and gagged, then your moment has arrived. This book series is for fans of superhero fetish, bondage and transformation fetishes. The books are available in paperback and Kindle at the Amazon store in 13 countries. Book 3, Transformation Fetish, is out now. And I can tell you folks, it's a brilliant, brilliant read. Try it out yourself. The Kinky Boys Podcast. Exploring one kink at a time. Welcome to the Kinky Boys Podcast. I'm Craig. And I'm Pablo Green. Uh, yes, Pablo is uh, joining us today as the new co-host. Um, and today together we'll be interviewing um, Beast Pup. That is correct. I, I'm glad to be here, Craig. Thanks for having me. You you all listening may recall me from an earlier episode on Superhero Fetish. I'm back. Yes, we just couldn't resist having him back on. Cool. So, um, Beast Pup, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? Yes, hello. Uh, thank you very much for having me on your show. Um, I hope we're going to have some fun. My name online is Beast Pup. I'm a 32-year-old guy living in New Zealand. I'm known as a bodybuilder, a restaurateur, and a blogger. Uh, my blob, blob, blog, Beast Pup, on Tumblr has had some attention recently. I guess that's how you guys came across me for this interview as I explore DS relationships and bodybuilding and sharing myself generally. Um, yeah, it's only been going since February, but here I am a few months later. Well, that, that's a lot of acclaim in such a short amount of time. So congratulations, Beast Pup. And uh, just for the listeners who may just be tuning in and aren't familiar with uh, where we're at, uh, we're going to go very deep into muscle growth fantasies, um, a lot of transformation elements that are part of muscle growth. And so we're really glad to have you here, Beast Pup, because uh, it seems you're doing this in a way that's very hands-on. You're not just imagining it, you're actually making changes to your body. Is that correct? Yeah, my speciality. Um, yeah, there's a certain point where fantasy becomes reality. I've always been a person that wants to pursue goals, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it did seem to strike a chord with a lot of people just putting out yeah. there what you are doing. And it's because what initially caught my attention for you is you are very much bodybuilding for DS purposes as a way to sort of refine yourself, um, yes. to sort of find a DS identity for yourself in a way. Would you say yeah, that's, that's accurate? How that, that is accurate, yeah. I mean, how it expresses itself on the blog, how my journey online started with DS, I mean, it was very new to me. I wasn't aware in myself I was looking for that kind of relationship until I met someone who kind of opened the door a bit and I, I pushed the door all the way open. And <laughs> what I found was it's, it's quite compatible with, with what I'm doing. It's, it's a nice way to express myself. Like, I want to get – there's a muscle growth fetish aspect of myself and – 
you can do it for someone else if it makes sense you know do it bettering yourself for a purpose which is serving a master making the best possible version of yourself and that resonates very strongly with me i believe a lot in self-improvement but self-improvement has to be accompanied i think by a reason and for me the reason became doing it for being worthy of being colored so i, I you know i think with a story like this craig i, I don't know about you but uh, starting from the, the beginning is probably what the listeners really want to know because you, you, you've you really advanced here uh, so far. And uh, before we get everybody into uh, muscle growth and DS muscle growth uh, 303, yeah. uh, I'd love yeah. to hear about your fantasy life before you met this person who kind of basically gave you a start. Um, so so what, were th what did you fantasize about when you were, I mean, I don't even know how young you were. So mm -hmm. just break that open for us. Well, we, if we go way back if we hop into the little time machine and see the younger beast pup um for me muscle growth fetish started incredibly young um uh, pretty much from the first time i could learn how to pleasure myself i was thinking of muscle growth thoughts i, I can't explain it it's something that was hardwired very early on for me maybe it was through uh comic book media uh seeing depictions of weaker people becoming big and strong and powerful in cartoons, you know, mm. Scooby-Doo having the Scooby snacks and becoming buff and all that kind of stuff. Somehow getting in there with my sexual drive and, and there we have my muscle growth fetish, which I've always carried with me. And right through my adolescence, my adulthood years, it's always been a part of who I am. And it wasn't un until this year that I met someone in DS that it, that kind of changed course a bit that it wasn't just about myself per se it was about a relationship it sounds abstract but that's the best way i can summarize it off the top of my head sure how did you meet this person how did i meet this person we met online they were an established figure in the ds community um mm -hmm. a bit of a celebrity um I reached out and said hello. I wasn't expecting a response. They said hello back, um, and we, we began a bit of a relationship. But I don't want to talk about that too much because that relationship has ended, and um, it's a new chat. It's a new chapter for me. And yes, but that person, I have to give them credit for the whole reason the Beast Pup blog exists. It was another way I was communicating with them and sharing myself with them, but. Now that things have changed, I'm still keeping up the blog. It's just, yeah, just like I say, they opened the door. I've kicked open the door further, and here we are. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Um, yeah, so, I mean, what are your current goals at the moment? Well, my current goals, it actually fits in with what I did last weekend, which was for the, I want to say for the first time, it's not for the first time, it's for the second time in my life, I competed in a bodybuilding show. Uh, the first one was back in 2008, which was a long time ago. Uh, I never did it again since, but just this weekend, I did it again. The first time in many years, it was a really big show. It was the IFBB show. Uh, and for me, getting to that point was a struggle uh, mentally. Um, but once I did it, I did it last weekend, such a sense of accomplishment and it's something i want to keep doing so my goals actually now are more athletically based and fetish based i want to go and compete again and i want to do better that does tie into 
muscle growth finishes because obviously I want to turn up next year bigger and better than before. But mm-hmm. it's it's actually I wouldn't say healthier, but it seems to be a more productive way of channeling my fetish um, to to do it for an athletic event. Uh, my goal is also is to I don't want to be single all my life. I want to meet someone that's going to be a good Aww. fit for me. I want to meet you know that's another personal goal. I've got professional goals as well. I've got my business and other things that I do. But in terms of the podcast, I think that yes summarizes it. Well, that, congratulations. I mean that that's huge. IFBB for uh, people who are listening who don't follow the nerdy bodybuilding stuff. That that's that's um that's legit. That's a big deal. And you've already done it, but now you you did it again. I just went and looked at your Tumblr at the latest posts, uh, and you can you posted a really amazing photo that has the full stages from before you began training presumably or maybe you weren't yeah. training this way then a middle picture where you have uh what looks more like a power lifter physique uh you, you noted here 24 yeah. percent body fat and then you're down to seven percent at competition level uh that, that's yeah. incredible so uh, you know that that's that's amazing but you you've made a focus here and you let's i, I want to ask you about the bodybuilding part uh, yeah because, i mean yeah it's, I mean, the one thing that astounds me is just how grueling it can be to get to, in bodybuilding, to get to a point where you're show ready, just both yes. mentally and physically, what you have to do to get to that point where your body fat is so low. Yeah. And I know many people who have gone through like the bodybuilding pr- shows are utterly exhausted afterwards in every way possible. That, that is true. It's it's not for the faint of heart. It is a challenge you set yourself. And to get to that point for anybody is an achievement. Like for me going into the show, I didn't want to play, so I didn't care. It was just about getting on that stage and doing it. Um, but it was actually more difficult for me in the prep because I do have body dysmorphia. And so I'm always stressed about uh, my body appearance and how big I'm looking. And to go through the competition cutting process was a, a point where I had to um, shrink per se. Uh, I, I built myself up to 280 pounds. Uh, I can't remember what that is in kilograms or stones for any international national. That was 280 pounds. I've, I've grown to that point. I was also, I had a lot of body fat. And so to get ready for the stage, I had to cut. And for me to see those numbers dwindle after I'd spent so long building them up was incredibly hard mentally. Um, all those hours on the treadmill were just like, cutting into my soul it's so hard to describe uh the amount of times i wanted to quit mm-hmm. and just run away from it all screaming because i felt so small and terrible about myself was numerous but having gone through that and come out the other side i feel healthier for it i feel better about my body having and so I, this last weekend was a big step for me in in that body dysmorphia that i have in in dealing with it shall we say Wow. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, congratulations again. I'm just going to describe here for people who happen to be listening. Be careful <laughs> if you're driving uh, or you're out there running and jogging. But uh, this this photo, this show ready photo, is incredible. Congratulations again and uh, nice bulge. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm still waiting for the um, proper pictures to come forward. There was a professional show photographer at the event and. 
hopefully they're getting the pictures to us athletes this weekend. It's, it's taken, that takes them a week to process them or whatever. But thank you very much. Oh. I wonder, uh, would you be all right if I added um, the photo to the show notes for this podcast? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Hooray. They're yeah. super hot. Now, what <laughs> they, they really are. And um, I want to get right into the, this fantasy aspect, the sexual side of, okay. of this type of transformation the for any of us this train, is the kinky boys podcast this is the kinky yes. Stuff. Yes. so first let's let's put the reality piece aside training yeah. and making your body do this everybody whether you do it natural or with um with the aid of drugs it still takes time it doesn't happen overnight so these this transformation you know we see it across weeks and weeks and months uh sexually because it took so long to transform to this point but you were happy with the results. Uh, how how did you deal with your sexual fantasies and your own, I guess, reaction to your body day by day and week by week? I mean, did, did you feel turned on the, the leaner you got? I'd love to know what was actually happening to you. Um, well, I certainly didn't feel, as, as I probably hinted at, I certainly didn't feel very sexy in the cutting process. But in that phase where if you got that progression of pictures, when I grew from the skinny to the 280, the growth there is incredibly sexy. I mean, there's just, for me, just so many little details other people wouldn't notice that you can just turn me on, like, you know, you put on a shirt, it doesn't fit properly. You're sitting in a bus seat, your shoulders are brushing against other people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you just catch yourself in the mirror and just bulging out. And and because it happened for me relatively fast, you know, it wasn't, you obviously didn't have it, no, but over the months, it was still at times like this is my body well you know you you can't get used to it that quickly when you go from being small to big yeah i I imagine it's i've had i know i've known people who have done the opposite where they've had a lot of weight and Mm. lost it extremely quick after going to like a fat boot camp Mm. and they say they have real trouble getting used to their body like that like the sense of balance is different because yes. your center of gravity has shifted so quickly and you don't have the same spatial awareness because you're thinking your body's a lot larger than it is. So imagine yeah. in a lot so of I ways... Was bumping it, into, I was bumping into things and people with my, with my rapid growth cycle. I was like constantly bumping into shelves and, in, and my staff members at the restaurant. Like, I'm so sorry. I, it's because I think I'm smaller. <laughs> <laughs> and, then that, and that is that is sexy. I, I you know what else can i say but part of me, I'm, I'm my fetishized muscle growth i underwent rapid muscle growth was glorious when you when you say rapid so this is the gaining part uh mm. how much time how much time are we talking about and and how crazy did you have to eat and uh, we're gonna t- get into this in yeah. the show but did, did you do it naturally or did you use uh any um PED drugs anabolics yeah well i i i pretty much gained close to 100 pounds in, in about 13 months. Uh, so that was fairly rapid in terms uh-huh. of muscle growth. I mean, that's not what normal muscle, any pr- proper bodybuilders are like, you can't add that much muscle mass in a year. It's like, yes, I got fat as well. Uh, sure. But it was still mass, which was the goal. And to, to do it, um, well, let's discuss diet, crazy diet. I was eating about 10 times a day. Uh, I would chow down on, you know, bowls of eight whole scrambled eggs. Uh, I'd be eating steaks until one o'clock in the morning. I would make myself sick through eating. I would eat until I couldn't handle anymore, uh, throw up and then go back for some more. It's not necessarily the healthy way of doing it. 
um, but I was certainly focused. And diet for bodybuilding is is the key aspect. Um, you can go train in the gym. If you don't eat, you won't get any results. Um, so that's diet. In terms of other supplementation, yes, I've used anabolic steroids, and I've uh, not made any secrets about that on the blog. Uh, and that's a choice I've made to, A, use them, and B, open about it. I mean, from what I've read through your blog, you've not glorified them, though. You've been very realistic. Yes, you have to you have to be level headed about it. Um, I understand it's not something people talk about. But for me, being open was for a specific purpose um, in relation to my body dysmorphia, because I can track it back to how that developed. And a big reason was um, through seeing professional uh, bodybuilding pros how big they were and of course they say no we did this naturally no no steroids for me so <laughs> you kind of grow up the expectation if they're that big naturally you you're trying naturally and you're not that big there's something wrong with you you know something wrong with me i'm not and then you, the you the veil gets lifted from your eyes you're like oh hang on they're all on steroids they've just been fibbing this whole time i didn't want to do that i didn't want people to look at what i did how my results and beat themselves up over it say oh this guy he did that and i'm trying and i'm not getting it there's something wrong with me i can say well no i've i've used these drugs i've this is what i've done um i wouldn't recommend using them unless you seriously know what you're doing i've been very clear about that on my blog uh but certainly being open has been for a point because there's a lot of guys not just in bodybuilding but also in the, the gay community who are using steroids but they don't talk about it you know, well, there's a, a great I, I would agree. Gay, society, gay society is very image obsessed. Uh, just is what it is. We're visual creatures. No judgment. But they're using steroids and nobody's talking about it. So the more discussion we have, I think, for the better. I have to agree with sure. that. It's one thing with steroids I do find is it suffers a lot from the reefer madness effect where it's not openly talked about and the only time it is talked about it's talked in very hyperbolic senses either very positively or very negatively when right when you know the truth lies you know somewhere in between yeah, i um i this is one of the things that i really commend you on that your openness about it and the fact that uh, you you try to i think you're pretty objective about it you also don't make a huge deal about it but uh, I think for, especially when you talk about the competition level, um, mm. bodybuilding's always had this, this, this trail of controversy, right, about uh, people who aren't in the bodybuilding world who, who go, oh, well, all those people are just on drugs. Uh, mm. How can they do that? Uh, you know, we've just gone through pretty much a decade of uncovering all sorts of athletes, right, who, uh, like Lance Armstrong and... Uh, at the Olympics, at, I assume basically at a pro level for most sports or all, maybe all sports, uh, mm. there's some enhancement going on with PEDs, yeah. uh, perform, performance enhancement drugs, right? And so um, I also think uh, that in terms of a, a choice that people make, I just wish they were legalized in the way that people wish that uh, marijuana was legalized for everybody. There, there are definitely, I'm sure, some physical side effects. They can be misused. But um, when you look at how they're being used, let's just talk about testosterone for aging populations, for men. You know, doctors are trying to prescribe this to 50-year-old men who want the fountain of youth. Testosterone is just one of many different hormones that you can take uh, to achieve these effects. So I just think there's a lot of hypocrisy in the culture going on. And I, I commend you mm. for 
for just being really open about it and saying like, I use them, uh, here's yeah. how I did it. And then here's how it fits into my goals, whether they're sexual kink goals or, or your <laughs> performance goals, you know? Yeah. I mean, this isn't this, the steroids podcast, but just to throw this out there, um, the female hormone is estrogen and that is used females take estrogen for birth control purposes. They control their body with estrogen and that's okay. But if a man put testosterone in his body, suddenly it's a big deal. Isn't that, I always found that interesting. Hmm. No, it's, it's super, it's super interesting. And I, you know, Craig, I, I feel very political about this particular issue because, you know, the, the topics of muscle growth and transformation fetish are actually things that are in all my books. My main character's story arc is based on that. You know, he starts out as a skinny little person and then he becomes close to 300 pounds of just pure muscle, very lean. And that's a fantasy, right? It's like like Harry Potter. We know it's magic. That's fine. But when we get out to talk, to talk about the kink side of this and the community aspect, uh, I do like to mention to people, you know, what you see out there in the community or uh, on ads for leather uh, or fetish gear with these big muscled men looks beautiful. I think it's great. Just be aware that not everybody achieves that naturally. And it's okay. I think it's totally okay. There's no shame in it. But I just think people need to be clear on like what's actually realistic. I do all my training. I do powerlifting uh, completely natural. And so if you look at my pictures on Instagram, everywhere else, I look about as good as it can get naturally at my age. And that means I don't look like those guys. And if I took drugs, I probably would look like them. Not a big deal. But people should just kind of know that, I think. It's just yeah. about a decision you make. Yeah. Sure. You made the decision. Being informed. I agree. I agree. Yeah. But I don't want to stray too much. Sorry, Craig. I, I think we're... No, no, no. <laughs> and I do think it yeah. is important to for people to realize how image it, the imagery that is sold to them is achieved. Mm. Again, it's like everything is photoshopped. Everything is, yeah. you know, artificially brought along. So, and people get so down on themselves for not living up to the images, which just either aren't real or aren't naturally achievable. Yeah. So I think yeah. it's important. That's what I mean, yeah. And you talk about that more. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, absolutely. Oh, Especially yeah. younger listeners, you know, that, you know, that I don't feel down on yourself because you haven't achieved a certain look yet. Uh, you can do a lot, but a lot of the images out there are manipulated and the bodies are manipulated and that's okay. Yeah. So... For the next section, I was wondering if we could talk a bit about your name. Sure. Uh, firstly, so your name is Beast Pup. Um, which, so do you identify as a pup? I, I do in the submissive sense. Um, I, I like what pup conveys. But in terms of the general pup community, I don't feel like I fit in because I don't have any canine role play aspects to myself um you won't find me with the, the pup hood or pup gear um that's not part of my expression but i'm happy to take on the pup name because you know there's a level of expectation of submissive and ownership which resonates sure so what yeah. sort of i know this can be a difficult question but what sort of submissiveness do you subscribe to because there's very mm. Because there are varying 
um, degrees and frameworks. and shades and yeah. yes, uh, I did do a article on this to my blog just a little while back, um, and I I just explored. I'm not an expert on any of this. You know, who's an expert? But I so I put out there. You know, there's different types of sub. There's the boy who's looking for a daddy kind of thing. Um, I forget, but I I see myself more as the servant, as the the butler, the person that's there to try and make the master's life better, to to help um, provide for their needs and wants, and just to be there for them. That's who that's that's what brings me pleasure. I would I want so badly to please other people. Um, I've always have. So that kind of service is so, so yeah, where my submissiveness. Stuff expresses yes ah, and you often refer to yourself as, as a bull as well because you know as gay men we bring everything down to animals so. <laughs> oh, I, I think not 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 just gay men i mean i've spent a lot of years in the furry community so uh, expressing as animals is no stranger to me but yes bull um i i think there's a level of idealism there you know what do we think of when we think of bulls there they're big, they're muscular, they're kind of, you know, sort of dumb animals, easily led around. And um, to be that kind of, I would say dumb, but, you know, kind of simple beefcake is something that would be nice. Yeah, I can see that. It's sort of, I mean, how much do you think that plays into the general image a lot of people have of bodybuilders as I often being big plays in a lot. Yeah, it's a right, you know, bodybuilders are thought of as being big and dumb but the more you get into professional not to, you know the competition bodybuilding and you talk to people they're the smartest cookies around man you don't get those kind of bodies by being dumb you've got to understand nutrition you've got to understand training there's a lot of high level concepts that assist you as a train and most bodybuilders are very driven intelligent people and it's a far cry from the the stereotypical lunkhead um persona that is put out in the media I mean, they do exist there's a couple of people yeah. we see at the gym who are just like you're like wow yeah okay nothing going on up there but you should all have a big biceps but for the most part i find the really passionate ones are the most intelligent cool i would concur on that um yeah i i don't hang out with a lot of bodybuilders but i do meet a few and powerlifters too but in particular bodybuilders they work on all the aspects, whether it's strength, nutrition, sleep, and they just have a good handle on a lot of like the big picture of how to put all this together for yourself. Uh, there's the extreme, right? If you compete, you're actually doing some really unhealthy things to your body by starving yourself. <laughs> yeah. Also, I get that. Uh, and that's kind of hot too. There, there's a certain um, kind of, uh, you could call it humiliation or torture in going through that process that if you yeah. had the right dom then you would have a really hot time and you would suffer with yes. your packaged um food prep or whatever that you have to do every sunday <laughs> yeah yeah um i mean let's i mean you want to make this you know into a kinky thing isn't it isn't it just so hot to just put yourself on display like a slab of meat in front of hundreds of strangers in your little tiny poses and just flex i mean that's come on that's um as much as the bodybuilding tries to make it athletic in a sport. That's essentially what you're doing. You're just stripping yourself down into little poses and going, look at me. Look at all this meat. 
<laughs> hey, uh, it, it's it's plenty. It's the, it's the unspoken <laughs> truth when you when you're there at the show, you know. It's like, are you you know, then you do your posing routines. Like, is this supposed to be sexy? I mean, should I play sexy music? I mean, I'm not a stripper, but I'm an athlete. But I'm hearing my hearing my g-string on stage, sort of covered in oil. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, it's. I mean, would you say for you, um, you're a bit of do you have any exhibitionist tendencies and humiliation interests? I I do have exhibition tendencies privately. I've never had the opportunity to explore those, but I certainly have the fantasy life of an exhibitionist. Yes. Hmm. And and has that always been there? Has that? Um. Hmm. Yes. Probably, uh, it feels like it's, it's it's developed more in recent times. Mm-hmm. But if I think about it, yes, because there's that whole there's that whole this you know there's certain muscle growth fantasies where it comes on without warning in a public place like when you're at school and suddenly you're bursting out of your clothes uh-huh. in the mall and all that kind of stuff and you're all on display. That's exhibitionism, and certainly I have those fantasies. I have had those fantasies. Hey. Uh, a quick, another quick question. Uh, you know, the, the the fetish aspect is so interesting, uh, and I've explored yeah. this too with with the books. And some of these are fantasies that I enjoy. But do you like the change in scale when you are the muscle bull or the muscle person uh, with the, the partner? So, for example, if your fantasy involved another person, do you like for them to be bigger, the same, or smaller than you, as as they're involved in a scene with you? I, I'm super curious. Okay, I'll fess up. They're smaller, definitely. Uh, some of the um, hottest um, intimate moments I've had with them are guys considerably smaller than me, and that's, yeah, that's what I like. I, I don't tend to fantasize about people bigger than me. I want to feel like the big one, so there we go. I mean, that that's can, nice. No, that can be very hot. I remember one time in the fetish club in the corner, there was this huge, huge slave man. Like, I mean six and a half foot solid wall of muscle enormous chain and his the dom with him was this skinny five foot guy like Mm. if that and i just thought to myself that it was such a hot setup of this huge muscle guy being led around by a smaller dom and just yeah, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, and that's the 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 focus, right, of this show. I I had a I guess kind of a, a I wouldn't call it a twist. It's somebody that I think I'm trying to play with a little bit more on a regular basis. Uh, but about a month ago, we got together twice, and he described himself as muscle, right? So I met up with him, and sure enough, he he looked great. He had a lot of muscle. He was very lean. I think he, he says he was a 8% body fat, which I believe because he was very lean. And um, the thing that was interesting though is when I met him, I expected him to be really tall and huge, but he was actually like 5'6", and I'm 5'9". Mm-hmm. And so the scene turned out to be really, really hot because I hadn't really been with a muscled person who was shorter than me. And he was really mm-hmm. into me being the bigger person and uh, i for a minute you guys i have to be honest i felt a little self-conscious i was like i'm not lean enough i don't look the right way this isn't gonna work (laughs) and then i ignored that and just went into the fantasy into the scene and uh, i have to tell you it was it was really great and amazing and 
maybe you can attest to this. It got me excited about going back in to train and getting bigger and getting leaner because then I could have even more of a scene that would feel more realistic. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Incredibly. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, I've just been See, as. Yeah. I was just bit, I was just going to quickly inject. I mean, playing about with scale in any way can be a huge turn on. There's. I just remember I was at a leather weekend and there was someone there who, again, is one of these enormous people. But he's a award-winning powerlifter, huge, and he looks like he could break me in half because I am tiny compared to him, and that. That really got my motor running as well. <laughs> and it's just always playing about with these scales and expectations. Sometimes it's living up to the expectations. Sometimes it's going against them and saying, oh, the huge bigger guys in the sub role. That's that's unusual. Well, since this area is something I really get into, I'm just putting out a call to everybody. If you're If you're muscled and you're the size of a midget or if you're the size of like a house. It doesn't matter. I want to hear from you because I want to play it with these different senses of scale. I, I think they're just, that's what makes it hot to explore that. So um, I'm glad that other people agree or have had similar experiences. I mean, I'm, I'm six foot three and tall and oh, I've actually yeah. been so negative about that. I'm like, Oh, I wish I was shorter because for bodybuilding, you don't want to be six foot three. You want to be in the five, eight, five, oh. nine category. Mm -hmm. You look at all the Miss Olympia. Right. That's, you know, short, but then it was, you know, I mean, like, no, it's great. You're six foot three. We love taller people. I'm like, well, I'll, I'll be taller then. Fine. <laughs> it's not like I have any control over it, but it's such a, such a, it's such a like, I'm a tall person and I don't actually like it. And it was like, no, being tall is great. I'm like, oh, but I want to be Mr. Olympia and I have to be shorter. <laughs> yeah. But actually, but yeah, then I, I tell myself, but no, but no, see, I can, I can charge myself up. Like, hang on, I'm taller. That means I can carry more muscle than the shorter guy. So I can be 400 pounds one day. It can be done. And you'll just have a trail of sex slaves behind you if you're at that height and that backing <laughs> on that muscle. So, uh, cheers. <laughs> yeah, cheers to that. I was going to say, is this a problem for you? Because you do fit the description of what a lot of people would want their ideal dom to look like. Huge, yes, it is a powerful. Right. Do you have so this was um something I think I might have written about my first ever blog entry is how revelationary it was for me to be the submissive because I hadn't I hadn't considered it because in terms of my social life everybody expected me to be the dom I'm the big muscular guy they come to me wanting to worship me to for me to dominate them and because I've got this inner desire to please people that's what I did I played that role but it made me very unhappy. You know, I was doing this and getting no satisfaction from it, not realizing, you know, because and then till I met this guy and I adopted a submissive role. And it was just such a revelation. Like, oh, my God, this is what I've been missing and needing. Um, and I hadn't considered it because I thought the expectation was I mean to be the, the big guy, the one in charge. But actually giving up the control was what I craved. Uh can I, let's go there. I, so that makes perfect sense. And being a sub in that relationship sounds plenty hot. Uh, from a sex point of view, though, do you, do you come, do you combine that with, uh, are you versatile, top, bottom, like for actual sex? Uh, how does that play out, you know, combined with your interest in DS? Um, uh, they can go either way. Versatile, I guess. Sure. Uh, different people. Yeah, I mean, it's, 
I think a lot of people do make this make the mistake of always confusing sub and dom with top and bottom. Yeah, correct. I don't subscribe yeah. to that. Yeah, me neither. Which is why I ask because mm. uh, I am a curious person and, and I <laughs> I think it is interesting how that that plays out for you. Um, because what it tells me also is that you probably have a very curious mind, so you're open to different ways of playing with your partner. And I think that that those are the people I usually I have a connection with people like that. That's why I'm, I'm a switch myself because mm-hmm. every day can be a little different. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about how you are as a sub and your interests. What do you look for in a dom? Hmm. See, it's I. I feel like I'm a quite a choosy sub because it's not the everyday person I can submit to. There's just got to be certain rare mix of qualities. I'm looking for someone that um, is ambitious, that has a, a good personal drive, that cares about the things I care about, like fitness and, and food. Got to be into food. And I just I can't describe it. It's like if I meet the person I, I know, I'm not going to put labels on this this is my dom he's going to be six foot two you know it's not i'm not i don't have a shopping list i just i just know when i meet them um but certainly it's got to be i've got to be able to respect them i can't have a dom that just sits around playing world of warcraft you know i want someone that is going places and will take me with them and i can share the adventure and the journey with them that wants to have something exciting happen every day or is you know not exciting you know, you know. but yeah, just someone that's embracing life that's as simple as i can put it oh and i suppose they would if they're like that would push you farther as well yes so. yeah someone that wants the best of me is their property that's not going to be content with <laughs> you know me just being as i but it wants the best version of me they can bring out the best of me and I think that would be a healthy relationship. Hmm. So it sounds like you want something that's quite... Because people have varying degrees of how the power exchange relationships work. So am I right in thinking from what I've read on your writing, you'd like a 24-7 sort of setup? Yes. Yeah. Um, certainly total power exchange seems mm-hmm. very appealing. Um, I think... When I give, I give everything. That's what was um, mm-hmm. so hard about how my last relationship ended because I gave so much and it just um, wasn't um, a good ending. Um, but when I give, I do give myself utterly. Um, and my heart is like that. So, I mean, yeah. so for not to go into specifics in that relationship, but so how much was negotiated? I mean, how much? Because lots of people get, approach a 24-7 power exchange relationship in their head mm. as, you know, it's take all and the sub gets no say. How much negotiation had to be done beforehand? How much give and take was there? There, there was no formal negotiation because what happened between us happened very organically. Mm-hmm. Um, so there wasn't a moment where it was like, hold up now, we need to negotiate whatever. Um, but things were very comfortable for a while. Um, and and seem to be going in good directions. Um, and if that was to happen again, I'd be very happy. I wouldn't say, okay, now we have to have a negotiation period where this rule applies and that rule applies. I'd certainly be happy with a contract, you know, where you you write write the stuff down. 
Cool. I, ju- I do think it's important because I think a lot of people have these very unrealistic expectations of what a total power exchange relationship would be like. Because mm. even in even a total power exchange relationship isn't like how it is portrayed in books or porn or inside people's own heads. A lot of real life will get in the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Always does. Mm-hmm. Damn, damn real life. Uh, I'm also curious about the, the aspect of your training. So it, if mm. you're going to get into this type of relationship and you have your own training goals for bodybuilding, whatever, you know, powerlifting, whatever, wouldn't you need a dom that understands this training very well? I mean, you can't just have because they're if they yes. are in charge of you, they could suddenly take you off track from your your training. So how how did yeah. you balance that? Um, or how so do you balance that? That, yeah. Well, that's an aspect that we didn't touch on. If you we were asking for my ideal dom, yeah, I have to have someone that understood what bodybuilding was about and the requirements, um, and understood physical fitness. Um, yeah, I mean, you you wouldn't want to lose track of that through being in a total power exchange relationship you know they were to order me not to work out and become fat that'd be like, mm, maybe not <laughs> which is a whole other fetish in itself yes absolutely <laughs> you know i was just like just threw that out there we did um, cover that um fairly on early on in the show um i'll have to dig it out the old archive episode we did on feeding but yes <laughs> yeah and uh, if i can add a note to that i it is a whole other fetish into itself but I am a firm believer that um, feeder gainer fetish and then muscle growth fetish, they're actually uh, just a variation on the very same concept. It's really oh, yeah. transforming oh, great, great, a body. Yes. Uh, yeah, so there's a lot of overlap there. There's, a, there's definitely a lot of overlap, yes. Oh, yeah, the bedrock concept is pretty much the same, is having power over someone else's physical appearance and being able to change it. Mm. Or... On the there's, 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 there's more there's more you know overlap than that it's the whole concept of um of mass of of, <laughs> of size and it's just how right. that size is comes to form through fat or for muscle yeah sure but the whole the whole base concept about size is the same cool so so say we have a listener who's listening to this and saying my god i want that for me i want to do what he's done <laughs> What advice would you give to these people? It's it's hard to say, you know, this is how you do it. There's, you know, you just follow these steps and you'll you'll get what you want out of the gym. Um, for me, it all started. I always point people in the same direction as how I got started because I I pretty much taught myself. I didn't have uh, a mentor or anyone who showed me the ways. I went out and I bought a book. It was Arnold Schwarzenegger's New Encyclopedia of Modi- Bodybuilding. Very hefty book. I consider it like the Bible of bodybuilding because it contains everything you would need to know about bodybuilding, getting big. Everything I know about muscle growth came from that book. Um, and that's one key thing. And I've given it to people and they've picked up on it and they've they've made changes and they've been able to absorb that same knowledge that's in that book. So I feel like I should have an Amazon affiliate link so I can get some money. But uh, seriously, that's the book to go for. And second thing is is motivation. I find it's really hard because people come to me and they say, how do I get motivated? You know, I want to be big and I want to do the gym, but I find it so hard to go and get motivated. I lose motivation so easily. And for me, that's hard because I've never struggled with motivation. You know, if, if you can't motivate yourself, I don't know how I'm going to motivate you. 
because at the end of the day you've got this is going to be a big speech whatever but you've got one life to live you know your your time's on the clock you could be gone tomorrow get out there and do something you know if you want this if this is something you want go and do it otherwise why are you sitting at home watching netflix and playing video games and then the next day you go oh, i wish i was big well it's not going to happen if you do the easy things it's going to be by doing something hard if it was easy everyone would do it yeah. so you've got so, to have knowledge and you've got to have motivation there's the two things that get you started a big round of applause from this side of the ocean uh, i love hearing this because i you know so certainly be uh, beast pub i don't look like you uh, i i i'm happy with how i look i like my training but people ask me this all the time just like they probably ask you too which is how do I do that? And uh, people often say also, well, I need somebody to train with me so I can feel motivated and go to the gym. And I just think to myself, you've totally missed the whole point because just like this, if you want to build a house, if you want to get into powerlifting, bodybuilding, if you want to run a marathon, if you want to quit smoking, it has to come from within. If you don't have that wish and that urge yeah. to push yourself to it, it's never going to happen. And um, I can't make that happen for somebody else. You just have to figure out a way to find that inside. No, we had mm. this. Um, we have previously talked about muscle, muscle growth with um, Adam's daddy, Daddy Chris. Yes. And he said often subs will come to him because they basically want him to be their motivation and personal trainer and dedication. They want the Dom to fix their life for them, which, you know, is yes. not a healthy thing. That is not what that sort of relationship should be based on. No, and there's very few doms that would be happy with that, I would imagine, as well. You know, you're not looking for someone to think. You're looking for someone that's got their own fire, and you're just going to stoke that fire a bit. But you don't, you know, have to provide it. That's very exhausting, um, I would imagine. Yeah, it's, I mean, some of the best advice I have on motivation for people that, you know, feel they don't have it is motivation is a muscle. The more you try the easier it will become in the long run. Mm. I mean, I give my advice is if someone wants to start at the gym, you won't get comfortable and natural going to the gym for at least six months. For those first six yeah. months, it will be a fight to force yourself to go. And when you're tired and miserable and it's cold and winter outside, you won't want to go. And it's very important in those first six months to really make sure you go every time. I mean, um, yeah, just... Going back to, you know, starting out at the gym, nobody starts out comfortably, like, born in the gym. When I first started back in, you know, my first time I went to the gym in 2006, I was as petrified and scared as anybody. I'm the little skinny kid going into this this place that, you know, you read about, and I'm going to be laughed at, I'm going to be mocked, because, God, I'm, I don't even belong there. I'm this, I'm the book nerd. I was the guy playing Magic the Gathering, and now I'm, I'm going to the place where the jocks live, and that's not going to be fun, but there's something I want to do. And I had all these fears and thoughts and expectations i built myself up i went made sure i got the right clothes so i looked the part and i didn't have anything to worry about because everyone was so gosh darn friendly um and it's made it really easy and like you say six months down the track you just go in there it's just like normal you're just like in there doing your thing and everybody's in there and you're like why was i ever worried to begin with nobody gives a shit everybody's doing their own thing oh yeah um, People are always so worried about what people think of them when they first go to the gym. Mm. And people don't, unless you're like one of these really annoying people that throw the weights around and grunt on every time you wear. <laughs> oh, man. People won't pay attention to you. The only people that I've ever taken notice of in a, shall we say, negative way in the gym, uh, the people that are 
looking like they're showing off and they, they make themselves look ridiculous. Like the guy is trying to bench press this 80 kilogram dumbbells and he, he can't do it all the way and he, he's got his spotted and making all the noises that you they you take notice of them but the other guy's doing their own thing you no you look out for each other you just if you, if you pay well, attention at all anyway yeah. well yeah i yeah, i agree that it's it's not very glamorous when you're actually in the gym just going in and doing your training and that's fine um it's i think that that's that's the part that i wish would was easier to convince everybody that the gym's not a scary place you're you're not going to get ostracized but from the outside if you've never gone it seems like a place that will be really difficult to fit in but uh, most people are just there to do their thing and get out you know um so i wanted to make sure I, we're kind of at the bottom of the show haha ha, no pun intended <laughs> <laughs> and uh i wanted to make sure we still covered a few uh questions that you know Craig and I were really uh, thinking about so um, I wanted to talk to you about your maybe I guess part of your your regular life your civilian life outside of the king world uh, have yeah. you gotten any negative feedback or open criticism about uh, your physical changes from people in your life and if so can you talk about that um for the most part it's been pretty okay um People in my immediate surroundings are, are fine. Uh, the people that have had the most difficulty with it are my family um, back in the UK. Um, they don't see very much of me, but they do catch the occasional picture on Facebook. And they don't understand why I'm bo my bodybuilding at all. Um, especially, as I say, my mother, particularly, she, she can't even, when, when discussing what I've been up to, she can't even say bodybuilding. She just says, have you been doing that body thing you like to do? <laughs> uh -oh. She's um, she's uncomfortable with her 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 son being a big guy in some way. I don't understand why, but she sees me as her precious, studious boy who was in the library, and now has become this person she doesn't quite know. So there's that. But just recently, just recently, my dear grandmother wrote a, a letter in, in handwriting because we communicate by handwritten letters with my grandmother. We she a few letters a year and um she wrote that i looked horrible uh, she wrote oh. a letter <laughs> so you literally use that word this is you look horrible i don't like how you look now i wish you'd go back to looking like normal <laughs> oh. and, then, and, then, and that was one fact and in other news it just carried on as normal in the rest of the letter i'm like bless bless this lovely lady who's uh, you know she's she's at that age where she doesn't mm -hmm. have no sense of it anymore she'll just say what she thinks and I, I'm with you on that. And when I'm an old lady or an old man, whatever I become, I just want to be like that. I'll be like, I don't give a shit. I'm just going to yeah. say whatever I want. But, uh, but yeah. the, the reality of this, though, is it is a little hurtful to, to hear that, possibly. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I, wasn't, I, I wasn't hurt. I was um, I was a little amused. I'm like, well, they don't understand it. That's fine. It's like they don't see very much of me. Maybe if, if, if I was there. Um, and see, they're the people, they're the only people I've had to... I had to, but I have lied to about using steroids because they are very mm -hmm. paranoid about all the side effects and and stuff. So like, are you using steroids? I'm like, no, no, absolutely not, because I know if if I I wouldn't have the opportunity to have a rational conversation with them about it mm -hmm. um, and discuss the reasons and and or blah blah. So I just had to say, no, no, I'm not using steroids. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I wish I wish I could be open with them. As, as I am with everybody else. 
Um, but in terms of the every, everyday civilian life, no, absolutely not. I mean, all my employees and people I know here in town, and they're just very supportive, and and they they say you know inspirational, whatever you know. And what about on the blog? Because let's face it, we all know Tumblr is famous for anonymous people complaining and writing. Yeah. In. That's my dog. Um, no, they've been great. Actually, I've, I'm I'm quite happy. I haven't actually had any trolls. Um, I, I've I've been yeah quite kindly treated by the the Tumblrverse. I haven't had people writing to me um, angry that I've been open about steroids or you know things like that. Um, no, I haven't had many hate mail, I don't think. Well, that's really good. No. Congratulations. Really good. I, now, watch what's going to happen now. <laughs> They're all like, right, well, I've been holding my tongue, but you're a terrible person. Um, I just <laughs> I have to say it now. Well, that. yeah, but no, I I know what the internet's like because, you know, I mean, I, I used to back in the day, I used to post YouTube videos um, and I used to get some lovely comments from that. <laughs> well, oh, YouTube yes. is about the worst of the worst on the internet. Yeah. It's the worst comments. Oh, ever. it is yeah. putrid. Yeah. It is just a cesspool in the comments. Yeah. It's nothing but so, But no, no, um, in, in terms of general readership and how people responded to the Beast Pup blog, um, very kind people that I've connected with. People like yourselves. It's all good. And, um, you know, I, I'm very focused on fetish gear. Uh it's part. It's in my books. I talk about it with Craig and Adam all the time. As a muscle bull, giant muscle man, what what kinds of do you is do you like fetish gear? You know, to show it off. Uh, we talked about posers, but uh, I'd love mm. to know what what gear turns you on. What makes it work for you? Well, I haven't got any. Um, I'm all the way out here in New Zealand, and I don't have any fetish kind of community around me or fetish events. I mean, there's little bubble up in Auckland I think but I'm here in my little rural community um I don't own any harnesses or anything fun or anything like that so yeah I, more to come I'd like some I, I wish for the opportunity to go out there and have some fun at these kind of events but I don't have access to them hmm. well maybe we need to um Link you up uh, if you have an Amazon wish list. Maybe we well, should. Wait, my, my, I'll, I'll, make, I'll make an Amazon wish list, and my birthday's coming up later this month. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I'm sure there's, you know, as a fetish in itself, a lot of people do like to donate this kind of stuff or gift to to people who are becoming uh, bigger and more muscular because it gets them off. So, um, Craig, that that's in your just jurisdiction more, but mm-hmm. uh, let's get this man some gear. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Please, again, I'll put it in the show notes and link to it. Um, and maybe, if... um, we'll talk offline after the show, but maybe oh, I can send you one of our singlets. Sure. Mm. I mean, I, I do have I do have my range of beast pup clothing which I made because people <laughs> expressed an interest in it, and I sold a grand total of two shirts. So it wasn't as successful as I thought it would be. <laughs> oh, uh, t- tell us a little bit about that. Oh, you know, what do we I, find I, there? Um, I'll have to put it. I, I put links out on my Instagram and my Tumblr. I should reblog them again for more notice. It was about a month ago because I came up with um, the Beast Pup slogan for training, which was "Eat, Lift, Grow, Submit," and people really liked that. They said, "Oh, we need that on a T-shirt." We're gonna go to Folsom and wear that on a T-shirt. So I said, like, "Okay, here's here's the store. Go buy it." And they didn't buy it. <laughs> but I've got my Beast Pup. I've got my Beast Pup logo and brand. So. It'll be international one day. It'll be everywhere. 
Well, if you ever come to London, I know someone that will do quite cheaply, I mean, amazingly cheaply, a custom-fitted rubber um, catsuit, if that's your sort of thing. So. Sounds good. So if you ever come to London, just look me up and I'll see what I can do. That's the thing about this custom stuff. As a, as a bodybuilder, am I going to get it measured when I'm on my bulk cycle or my cat cycle? Because their body fit is very different. I'd say... I had this trouble with my civilian clothes. I mean, right now, I'm, I've got some really nice clothes for my restaurant. And I've only been, you know, back at the gym for about a week. On back to a gross cycle, and already these clothes are so freaking tight. I'm just gonna have to go back to the shop and buy some new ones. <laughs> keep keep two sets, you know. Have uh, measurements for when you're yeah, well, yeah, you keep and then two sets, you're... but then but then it's not you're wearing last year's fashion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the struggle. Uh, we need we need you to get you more lycra. I think with lycra you'd be it's very ah, forgiving. Yeah. So then, yeah, then you're covered no, in all stages. And I have to say. Rubber or lycra, singlets actually work well for fast-changing body types because they don't constrict around the arms or yeah. a lot of legs. They actually have a lot of give in them for changing shapes. Mm, true that. Need more. I've got one singlet. I need more. Well, you should look at Pablo's range. They're actually really good. Yeah, we, we, we're one of the few companies that offers singlets in sizes all the way up to triple XL. So uh, we can accommodate people who weigh as much as uh, I need to look at the website, but uh, close to like 250 pounds. So uh, we, we, we can do it all. Okay. Cool. <laughs> cool. Well, well uh, uh, Craig, I want to say for the listeners, uh, thank you for letting me join in. I know I'm not as uh, funny as Adam, but I, I give it my own special flavor here. So I hope uh, you've enjoyed having me. Co-host oh, it's been it's brilliant, an and I'd I'd love to have you back for more episodes. Thank you. I'd I'd love to do that. Um, and I feel <laughs> oh, like group, really... group hug. <laughs> group hug. <laughs> yay! Yeah, we. Re- I, w- I would love to meet you someday in the future in real life. I think that that will happen. the The world is very strange that way, and I've I've been very lucky to meet a lot of people eventually. So, Craig, I'll also meet you in person one day soon. Oh, that'd be brilliant. Oh, it'd be a yeah, it's coming. my it's my goal to travel more and um, get out there. So watch this space. Okay, brilliant. Uh, thank you for listening, everyone. If you have any uh, writing questions or topics you would like covered, uh, please don't be afraid to contact us on our Twitter, Kinky Boys Pod, or at our Gmail address, Kinky Boys Podcast at Gmail dot com. Uh, so from me, that's goodbye. And for me, Pablo Green, author of How to Kill a Superhero. It's also goodbye. And for me, your guest from New Zealand, (laughs) I will say goodbye. And and, um, thank you for having me on the show. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.